Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided, episode number 55, which is brought to you by Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio. Audiobooks, online periodicals, and speeches for all things spoken audio. It's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com after our show this evening. And in the drop-down menu box, enter Life Coach Radio Network for a chance to win a free 30-day trial of Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the sponsor of Undivided here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome, everyone, into Undivided. This is Episode 55. The date is Wednesday, October the 2nd, in the year 2019. And our show this evening, Following Dreams versus the Societal Reality. And the disclaimer for tonight's program, the views of episode number 55 of Undivided, Following Dreams versus Societal Reality, may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank J. Maduri, my guest this evening, Nadia Tenorio, and may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. And now that we've moved beyond the disclaimer, welcome everyone into our show. I would like to mention off the top that it's a recorded program here today. Our society is really uh, split on using gifts and talents to inspire others. There's uh, the profit-driven approach where you should do something that's going to produce something that's going to be beneficial to you in a monetary way versus the value of a mentorship uh, some sort of counseling, uh, being a social worker or a counselor, or working within the arts. You have actors and writers and playwrights and people of that nature that uh, society has different views on. They think Some may think it's important. Others think there's a place for it. It's almost essentially like having your dream job versus the job that you settle for. There are people that have dreams of doing things, and then society says, oh, you know, that's not worth it. That's not going to pay well. That's not going to allow you to have a life that people you know, think that you should have. Uh, you hear about the starving artist scenario. So it's that whole settling down versus living uh, kind of the, uh, the artist life, uh, the wildlife uh, Things tend to be very unstable, and that's societal's view of it, and taking us through society's view about having talents in the arts versus getting a quote-unquote real job. Tonight is Nadia Tenorio. Nadia joins us again for the second time she had been on previously, and I'm grateful to her for coming on. Uh, she is a certified coach who works with individuals and all around their desire and passion for personal growth. Uh, Nadia is going to speak from her experience being a producer, a writer, and an actress in a theater company in Toronto uh, since 2005. She also has 30 years of experience in performing arts, teaching, directing, and acting that she brings to her life coaching business. She's the founding member of the Toronto-based Allies in Tech, which is an organization uh, that seeks to impact women in tech jobs. Uh, she's also a wife and mother of two daughters and was involved in One Woman Canada and participated in the 2019 Fearless Summit for Women. Nadia Tenorio, welcome back to Undivided. Hi, Frank. Thank you so much. How are you today? Great. How's it going? 
It's going great. It's going great. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm loving the, this fall weather. So uh, <laughs> with the rain and the cold, it's it's just making me crave pumpkin pies and all of that kind of stuff. So it makes me very <laughs> <laughs> So you're having that. We've got a. Yeah, I, I talked all about the fall shows two weeks ago, and it's 90 degrees here in New Jersey. <laughs> there goes that idea. You know? Well, I'm living it now, so <laughs> the fall weather. Is very <laughs> <special>. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess at least one of us is. You know? That's right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and doing this. As I I had mentioned when we were on a couple of weeks ago, Nadia's uh, pinch hitting for me today. Uh, tonight, uh, I did have a cancellation. I'm really, really thankful that she was able to come on and we were able to put this show together and, and take it from there. Uh, you can pleasure. hear me okay, right? I can. Uh, yeah, perfectly. Oh, great. Great, great. So the first segment uh, of the program is the divide segment, as Nadia knows and some of you joining us for the first time, we look at the divided society around what I mm-hmm. talked about in the intro, which is following your dreams versus the reality of uh, society saying, oh, well, that's not a real you know, line of work or you shouldn't pursue that. And mm-hmm. that societal split on that approach, right, is people have individual gifts and talents. And there's a view of using them for profit, right, material gain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of balanced against the enrichment of, of societal needs. You know, there, there's this huge need for mentorship. There's this huge need for teaching. And there's always mm-hmm. a place for the arts, whether, you know, that could be debated. There are some people that feel differently, and we're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, the arts and other professions had a role. It was viewed differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you think that changed? Well, I think um, I think it depends what circles you you talk to. Um, I know I I navigate in different circles a lot of artists where, you know, the need and the um, the the stage, if you will, for for art is so needed right? as a form of expression, as a form of livelihood, as a form of developmental de- developmental growth. Um, like you said, teaching, mentoring. So I think um, most people in that kind of realm value art, um, whether it's writing, producing, acting, singing as a as a voice, as a way to not only um, express themselves but also to live. So there's no other view other than that. And then you do you get into the the you know the societal. I guess the mainstream part of uh, society that, you know, I guess your, your parents, when, you know, when they had you, they, they didn't say, Oh, I hope she grows up to be an actress. You know, (laughs) I hope she grows up to be a doctor (laughs) or an accountant. Right. So there's that, 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 that placement, that expectation that's kind of, um, kind of embedded in us. And it probably came, um, as, you know, as, education became a little bit more um, not just of a privileged class, but of, uh, you know, all reaching to everyone. So you, if you like, you can continue post-secondary education. You don't have to be rich in order to do that. Whereas, you know, a hundred years ago, perhaps that was not a possibility, right? It was only the very privileged that kind of got to do that. So I think at some point it became like, let's all be, 
you know, rich and successful, but rich and successful became, like you mentioned, um, valued with uh, monetary and economic wealth. Um, you know, the artists were just like these very lucky individuals that were pick, pick, uh, chosen by the elite class to kind of carry on their, their art form, right? It's very true. It, it went from um, an elitist type of situation back, at, mm-hmm. back when uh, right. to, to another type of, of uh, status where, you know, as I mentioned, you know, the starving artist scenario, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. right, which you probably know all yeah. too well. Um, you know, at different different points, right? Yes. <laughs> sure. Uh, and, and people say, why would you want to do that when you can go do this and it's like this mm-hmm. easier path versus mm-hmm. what you feel in your, your heart you can do? And there's that, that push-pull that I think a lot of people have, even, even in other mm-hmm. types of work. You know, individuals, we've talked about it on the show before, they often form their approach to work and to life for that matter from their parents or their grandparents or other family mm-hmm. members that they, you know, view. Uh, that's and that's, right. that forms that lens, that outlook. Right. And, and often, mm-hmm. you know, you may have a dream as a child for a job or a career. And then frequently I think that gets changed as you go through quote unquote real life, you know, mm-hmm. as they would call it kind of sets in. I've shared on the program before, you know, uh, I've always been a writer. I've always, you know, pursued that. And my mom was really instrumental in, you know, helping, you know, facilitate that. She always encouraged me to do that. And another point in, in my childhood years, and I've shared on the show before, I thought I was going to be a sports announcer or a sports broadcaster. And my parents never said, well, that's a stupid move. You know, they also encouraged me to, to walk that path too. Mm-hmm. Um why do you think that takes place? Why do we take this dream? I mean, some dreams, you know, like they say, everyone thinks at one point or another, you know, you want to be a professional athlete or something like that. And then you realize that you're not going to make it. <laughs> and there's a reality there, right? I, yeah. But why do you think yeah. this takes place? Um, well, I think first and foremost, I think that our, our parents, um, you know, I think it just comes from, from hundreds and hundreds of years of conditioning where, you know, if you were, uh, if you were a, um, I don't know, a postman, whatever, your son would become, grow up to be one. If you were a doctor, your son would take over your practice. And so it was kind of like the expectation of the family that whoever was born into a family of, I don't know, accountants would eventually be, you know, an accountant as well. And then I think the, the, the kind of the issue sometimes arises when one of the three kids, let's say, so all of a sudden decides that they want to be an artist or something else. And they're like, well, but that doesn't make any sense. It's just so much harder. Like we can get you into an accounting firm. Why would you even want to consider going to Broadway or why would you even want to consider, um, you know, and then, and I think it becomes almost like an assumption on our part as a family, like it's going to be so much more difficult because I can't help you there. You know, like I don't have the means, I don't have the contacts, I can't actually introduce you to a producer that's going to get you to wherever you want. So I think um, when we do um, maybe perhaps 
tell our parents and finally have the courage sometimes to come out and say to our parents, I want to be an artist. I want to be, um, you know, because there's so many negative connotations that come with it. As you said, the starving artist, uh, you know, the, the first thing I think it's, it's almost human to do is we, we get, let fear come up. And then it's like, oh, my God, these are the reasons why it's going to be so difficult. So who would want to make it more difficult for their child to succeed? No parent. No, no family. Right. So I think that kind of has something to do with it. I don't know. What do you think, Frank? You raise an important point there as far as, you know, I know my parents, they, they, of course, they want the best for you. Right. And they would say, well, you know, we know people like here or there and, and ended up my, my first job was through somebody that my, my dad actually knew. So it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where, you know, he had the ability to kind of help me out. And right. I know some people that are artists at this point and their parents are. So mm-hmm. that, that's a very interesting point that you raised because it's, wow, I didn't realize that you did this or that. Well, you know, my dad was a music producer or something. That's right. Um, my, my mother worked in the circuit and, you know, helped me get connected with these people that I ended up doing, you know, some type of performance art. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, okay. So it's it's interesting that you raise that because it does, does kind of tie hand in hand there with, you, you know, who, who you know. And mm-hmm. so so if your your parents or whoever is forming that, which will be the next point we go to, but whoever is forming that that uh, that sphere of influence that uh, that lens, mm-hmm. it's who they're connected to. Like you said, oh, why don't you just go become an accountant? You know, your, mm-hmm. your dad's an accountant or your grandfather's an accountant. And we know people we can help you or why don't you, you know, sell insurance? You know, right. the list goes on and on versus taking this path, which you can, but I don't know anyone that can help you. And I don't know how that's going to go. And it is, it's harder. I, I counsel a lot of younger people about, you know, their first job and what they're going to study and how they're going to get involved in that industry. And I always say, you have to think about, you know, making contacts networking maybe through a professor or somebody and talking about mentorship through a mentor of some kind Mm -hmm. to try and and gain some inroads there Uh, because without it, it is very difficult to kind of, you know, go out on your own. I mean, I've done it in different industries and it's, Mm -hmm. it's not easy. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. very fortunate and very blessed that I was able to do so, you know, kind of just forge my own path uh, based on other experience that I had trying to, to tie that experience to it. Okay. Uh, but it is, it's, it's, um, it's difficult to get traction into some of those areas of the arts, as you had mentioned, without, mm-hmm. you know, people that you know. So we're going to, we're going to get to that yeah. in our next point, but we're at our 15 minutes stop. So we'll be oh, back right. very shortly. Yeah. It goes by quick. I tell you <laughs> with episode 55 following dreams versus societal reality with Nadia Tenorio. Uh, some upcoming show promotions for you here on the Networks of Life Coach Radio. Erica Wiederlight. Erica Wiederlight show Mondays twice a month. Her next show is Monday the 7th. So it's coming up. It's this Monday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. So it's a morning show live. Erica Wiederlight, Mondays twice a month. Next show is Monday the 7th of October. And check out her website, We the Light. Com. Thank you to audible.com for being our sponsor and let's raise some money here for those who are in need. Catholic Charities 800 
919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. www.salvationarmyus.org. That's the Salvation Army, salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate in your local area or Google the poorest zip code in your state to donate to those in desperate need or find a zip code that maybe was affected by hurricanes like Hurricane Dorian and donate to them. We're back here on Undivided, episode 55, Following Dreams versus the Societal Reality. And Nadia, before we went to that stop, we were talking about the role of family members, close friends, people that I call like your sphere of influence mm-hmm. over an individual that might have talent, that might have skill, that might have passion for, let's say, writing songs, mm-hmm. writing stories, doing some t- type of art, acting, etc. And they're influenced or they feel pressure to get a quote-unquote real job. <laughs> Why is this detrimental to our society and to the individual? Well, I think, you know, a talent is, is, is really a hard thing to come by, you know, and I say this coming from, uh, I've been an actress since the age of five and to find a talented actress and a lucky actress are two different things. Um, so a talent is something that you, it's a gift, it's a gift from God, from the universe. Um, and when we are mm-hmm. put in a situation where we are um, told or feel like we have uh, no way of uh, developing that talent, um, it really does almost um, put some darkness in our lives. You know, it, it almost stops us. It almost stu- uh, it stunts us from growing. Right. What once could have been, um, you know, developing the talent, like just because I have let's for say, I say the, the, the example that you had, uh, I had this poetic way in which I write st- music and I just I'm a, I'm a lyricist. And this is something that I doesn't necessarily mean that that is what I want to be in the future. But developing that skill, developing that gift um, it, it almost takes my life into passion in my, it brings passion in my life. It takes, um, it takes me on a journey that perhaps is, is more enriched, enriched than if I had just said, I'm not going to do this because I'm afraid, or I'm not going to do this because I'm afraid that I'm going to upset um, my family or my, uh, or my, uh, my parents. So it's almost, it almost like it stunts our growth. I feel and the potential. That's an excellent point. You know, from taking it from that perspective, like you said, if it's a God-given talent, mm-hmm. which we all are, uh, mm-hmm. and you take that and let's say it's not exactly what you think it's going to be, but that, that process that it takes you through by overcoming maybe some of those fears you would have mm-hmm. of putting yourself out there will prepare you maybe for something else. Like That's I right. mentioned to you before in the show, like, I never obviously became a sports broadcaster. There was somewhere along the line where I said to myself, I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but I was able to come to that decision on my own. You know, I wasn't pressured out of it or anything like that. Uh, it great. even happens with certain, right. It even happens with certain degrees or areas of study. 
you know, sometimes mm-hmm. that's discouraged too. You know, I've talked to some people that say, well, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in history, but I'm going to school for computer science. Because when I told, you know, my parent, right? When I told mm-hmm. my parents or somebody, they said, you know, what are you going to do with that degree? What are you going to do with the history degree? And, and as far as the appearances that that takes, you know, on with parents, like, oh, well, Johnny's going to school for history and other parents will be like, what? Or uh, Lily's going to school for drama and going for her, you know, her MFA or master's in fine arts. And mm-hmm. how is that going to look? Oh, what are they going to do with that? That's, that's a waste of money. And so okay. some of that impact of that pride, I think that parents kind of use their influence at points mm-hmm. to kind of steer the person away from that. Well, you should go for computers because that's going to be, you know, in demand or whatever. Could you describe oh the impact yeah. that can have on a person? Yeah, so I'll I'll just share a little bit of my own personal um, sure. situation. And uh, so, funny enough, both my parents uh, they were teachers at the university um, in El Salvador where I grew up for the first ten years of my life. And they were my dad was the artistic director at the university, so both of them were artists. They were working artists paid artists, teachers, um, and they actually involved me in their plays because I did not want to go home after school. <laughs> and they had classes all over, all over, you know, in different schedules. So they had to kind of accommodate me and their lives, et cetera. Um, and, but my father would always drill me, oh, well, you know, you have to be businesswoman. You have to be a businesswoman. And, oh, you have to learn Mandarin because that's the language of the future. And I'm going, What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to learn Mandarin. I, I don't, you know, I don't want to be in business. What? This is crazy, right? Um, so there was always a, a struggle. There was always a struggle because I was hearing my father who was saying all these wonderful things and telling me about the potential that I had, but it was never about a potential that I had in acting, which is what was my, almost like my first love. So I was very confused about what I should do. I almost felt as if I was betraying them when I decided at 19 that I was moving to Vancouver to study acting. I literally felt like I was like telling my family, um, thank you, but I got to go. So thanks a lot. And uh, we'll see you around. I felt like I was disconnecting from them. Um, Of course, this was just what I perceived. This was not at all true. My parents were very happy in whatever I was doing. Funny enough, turns out that, you know, 10, 15 years later, I am actually owning my own business. (laughs) 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 And I am a businesswoman, which I go, huh, did my dad do that? Did he plant the seed? (laughs) Right, exactly. Was was he up to this, you know, the whole time? I don't know. I think he was, uh, you know, <laughs> pulling the strings somewhere, and I just kind of went along. But the fantastic part of it all was um, when finally I had the courage to say to them, and I, I almost said, said it to them in a way that it was, like, daring, like, I'm going to do it. Very dramatic, of course. And that's, on my, that's my back. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be happy. And they're like, okay, great. We want you to be happy. And I was like, oh. <laughs> You mean there's no arguing? I'm not out of the will? Like, you're not going <laughs> to... Yeah, there's no pushback You're going to take me back here? for Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah, and they're like, yeah. Just make sure you <laughs> do whatever you need to do. I'm like, okay, then. 
See you later. <laughs> wow. So here you thought that there was going to be this big, you know, pushback, yeah. resistance, and there was none of that. That's none really that. interesting. <laughs> none of that actually went on. None wow. Of thank thank yeah. you for sharing that. You know, that's, oh, you're welcome. And, and to feel like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, betraying what my parents want me to do. And, and then there's the whole uh, side of it where you have the audition, right? Yes. Or the display <laughs> of art, right? Which is the whole whole other thing. Or entering a yeah. poetry or a short story contest. Like some people find that very difficult. Most people do. Yeah. You're, you're putting yourselves out there, as they say, you're putting your work out there. That rejection rate is high. Yeah. So I, I was curious about the role of rejection. You know, mm-hmm. we, we talk about the gremlin, the inner critic, you know, and, and coaching the inner critic, that, that internal block. Mm-hmm. What role does that play, not only for the artist or the writer or the actor, but for their parents, like you just touched on, or their loved ones? Mm-hmm. And is that a source of discouragement for people? I think so. I think that most people, most people believe that, um, you know, only the very lucky ones make it, right? They say, oh, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many people that go in and only one or two get picked and blah, blah, blah. Of course, only one and two get picked for that job, right? But what people fail mm-hmm. to see and what you learned to kind of deal with, um, you know, as an actress who was went to many auditions and, you know, only had a few callbacks and only had a few jobs. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, only a few, right? In my career, there's been many, right? So I can take it and look at it. It's okay. Out of 100 auditions, I probably had like 40 callbacks and probably booked like 30 jobs. But that's 30 jobs. Oh, wow. In like 50, you know, sorry, in 15 years, that's that's quite a lot, right? When you think about it, because mm-hmm. if you're a working artist, you're a working actress. So I think that most people think of the of the impossible, of like, oh, you know, you you know, George Clooney is not your dad, or I don't know, like Brad Pitt's not your dad. So how are you <laughs> going to get there? But it depends on what. So one of the things that I that I love about um, acting is that and, and coaching is kind of very hand in hand. There's a lot of internal work that goes on. Um, there's a lot of internal work about yourself. And I was, I was very lucky because my mom was also an actress that I saw the anxiety that it caused when she went to an audition and she was waiting for the callbacks and all that anxiety that she went through that when it was my time to do it, I decided very early on that I was going to let go of the expectation that I was going to go, audition, do the best that I could, do my work, and just, you know, leave it in the hands of God. Like, I really, if, mm-hmm. if that job was meant for me, great. If it wasn't, I was preparing for my next job, right? So um, it, it's almost like the kind of mindset that you put on yourself. Um, so, because if you're constantly waiting um, and reject it, because... To be honest, you're going to be rejected a lot of times. That's part of the business of acting. That's part of the business background. And everything has like the, you know, the back, backgrounds of business or the, so what do you call it, the, the housekeeping of things, right? So this is the housekeeping of things that you're going to be rejected many, many, many times. But how are you going to handle that? How are you going to move forward? 
Is that going to uh, prepare you? I had, a, I had an acting coach that said for every audition that I didn't book, I was getting closer to the one that I was going to book, right? And then that helped me, helped me uh. so much to be like, okay, this wasn't for me because there's another one coming up and that's going to be mine. And all the jobs that I've taken were phenomenal jobs that taught me something. I, you know, whether it was connections, networks that I made or people that I still work with uh, or even just experiences. So you have to be willing to, to be open to, to all of that. That's a great answer and, and brings up some really important points. You know, I love the uh, advice that, you know, he gave you. You know, mm-hmm. you're one step closer to the to the, to the audition you're going to get or you're going yeah. to the job you're supposed to have. And like you said, okay. if, if more people did that and approach it and leaving it in the hands of God, as you said, you know, uh, and letting go of some of those expectations, I think that's good advice, you know, not only for, for an audition in this type of work, but in life, you know, going on a job interview. Some people think, oh, I didn't get that job. Well, I said, well, you know, you're not meant to have it. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. God has something bigger in store for you. And whenever that door closes, the window opens, so to speak. Exactly. And there's going to be another opportunity that's going to come around the corner. And then you're going to say, wow, mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad and I'm so thankful that you know, this came about for me. You know, some people will say to me, you know, how do I react to things that I pray for that don't happen? And I said, I learned a long time ago that the mm-hmm. one of the greatest things is unanswered prayers. You know, because I, mm-hmm. I pray for, oh, I really want this to happen. And mm-hmm. then I find out, well, remember that company you interviewed for six months ago? Well, they just went out of business or whatever. And I'm like, ah, mm. that's why they didn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it got bought and everyone got laid off. And that didn't happen to me one time. I, was, I bumped into somebody like, you remember that place that you were? And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, they got purchased and everyone got everyone got laid off except for like two people. I was like, oh, okay. That's why that didn't work out. And yeah. uh, you, you have to, to leave it out there and leave it in God's hands and trust and let go of those, any kind of expectations that you may have. That's, that's really good advice. And we're right, right on the half hour mark here. So we're going to take our midpoint break. We'll be back in a second. I'll let Nadia, you know, get a drink of water here and we'll proceed <laughs> with episode 55 following dreams versus societal reality in one moment. Some upcoming show promotions on the Life Coach Radio Networks. Money Magic. That's Money Magic. Dole Khan is the host. The show is Money Magic. Next episode is Tuesday, October the 8th. And it's a live program at 4 p.m. Eastern. As remember, Gold does her show live from London. So it's 4 p.m. Eastern here in the States on the Life Coach chat channel. That's Tuesday, October the 8th. Money Magic with Goal Khan teaches you all about the value of, of money, how some people, their lives revolve around it, how that's not good, uh, the role that money should play within your life, how you should approach financial matters. She has some really compelling guests and some very interesting solo programs as well. So check it out. Money Magic, Goal Khan, Tuesday the 8th, live at 4 p.m. Eastern. Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar. Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar, the host. Wednesday the 9th, that's one week from today. It's a live show at 7 p.m. on the Life Coach Chat Channel. It's Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar. Wednesday, October the 9th, live at 7 p.m. on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Check out her archived episodes on our website. Replenish Me has been running for a little while now. And Cordelia has some very interesting guests 
and tackles a variety of, of really interesting societal issues. Uh, so please check that out. That's Replenish Me for Dealing with Far, a week from tonight, Wednesday, the 9th, live at 7 p.m. And let's raise some money tonight for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline who does need your support. If you're struggling, let's say, with um, life as an artist and things aren't going your way, let's say you're struggling with different opportunities in your life that didn't break for you and you're having a hard time with that, uh, please consider calling the number and getting some help. If you're struggling with with things that you can't get out of your head, it's 800-273-8255. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline reminds you that you matter, that all life is important, and every life has been created by God. 800-273-8255. Please call the number. You have a purpose, and please use your gifts and talents and don't give up. 800-273-8255. Americans for the Arts, that's Americans for the Arts, two different offices, D.C. and New York. Their number D.C. 202-371-2830. They're all about uh, the arts and advocating for the arts and uh, arts education throughout the United States and throughout the Americas, for that matter. So Americans for the Arts, 202-371-2830. Or go to americansforthearts.org. The Donate Now button is on the left side of the screen. And we're back here on Undivided, Episode 55, Following Dreams versus the Societal Reality with Nadia Tenorio. Now we're going to go to the Bridging the Divide segment. If it was a live show, it would open the phone lines. It's not a live show. I have checked the emails. Please email me at undividedshow at gmail.com or direct message me at Twitter at F-M-A-D-U-R-I. So, Nadia, we um, talk about bridging the divide, and at this point in the show, I always ask a big question of the guest. Or how do we bridge the divide between people in society who feel that the arts have limited to no value because they're out, those people are out there, <laughs> those who feel that being an artist or an actor is a quote-unquote good hobby? I've had people say that to me. <laughs> oh, that's a good hobby. Uh, you know, for the weekends, something that's not a career those who believe that they should follow their dreams at the expense of everyone, including themselves, that could be a stubborn viewpoint and sometimes doesn't work out. And those who have really legitimate talent in the areas like we've just discussing arts, writing, music, who quit on their dreams due to the societal pressures to earn a living. So I know it's a big question, but break it down. Those who feel that it doesn't have any value, the arts, that it's a good hobby, those who yeah. follow their dreams at the expense of everything, maybe in a way that they at some point should do a U-turn, and then people that kind of bow under that pressure. Yeah, so I think the most important thing um, between bridging a gap and in, 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 in letting these you know people that think that uh, the arts don't have a place in the mainstream or there or is not as important is um, and I go back to this all the time education you know educating these people about the impact when you go to Europe and I just recently went to Italy with my family and my two kids and my my partner and uh, you walk into the Sistine Chapel and you're standing you know, beneath this beautiful artwork, this intricate art story, the story that's been told, you know, 500 and so years ago. Um, 
you realize the impact and the beauty and um, how humbling it is to just see that this was one person's vision, right? Or maybe many people's visions, but one person's uh, interpretation of it uh, come to life to tell us the story. And to sit there and just take that moment was really humbling, really one of the most beautiful moments. Uh, I have an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old, and, and they were like at awe. So to educate these uh, THK people and to expose them to the arts and perhaps more uh, modern art nowadays are things that are more relevant to, to, to what's going on. For example, uh, here in Canada, we're going through a lot of... Um, uh, political stuff in terms of aboriginals and native rights and stuff like that. So exposing my, the children to to literature literature that's been written by aboriginals or tell stories about them and, and letting them know this is part of your history, this is part of your culture, this is part of who you are, you know, or going to um, a Broadway show and, uh, and saying this is somebody's idea. This is, I mean, I go to a musical and I come out of there either crying or ready to conquer the world because music just moves you you know in the songs and the dance and you're just like this is a celebration you know we were we were born um in a our society is made up of celebrations we get together with families to celebrate art is about that it's about bringing a group of people and celebrating something right it's it's, it's taking the expression of someone and letting you share it they're letting letting you almost have a peek to their life to their soul so i believe exposing them, educating them um, on what art really is, um, is the key to, to the, those misunderstandings. Um, as to the second part um, of it, which was, um, I think it was the, the people that, was, sorry, the can you hobby. remind me of the second yeah. part? Yes. Yeah. Oh, of the hobby. The, yeah, the, oh, it's a great hobby, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that, I, I think that's just kind of fear talking. Most people that do take up art as a hobby, maybe maybe they're just maybe they're just trying to perfect it. You know, art is whatever you want it to be. There is really no definition of what an artist should be. So, if your hobby is to tend your garden, you are an artist. You're a landscaper of your art, right? And whether I whether you show it to me for me to admire or whether it's for you to admire it, that's that's up to the individual. Um, you know, I, some artists really feel the need to express it and show it. And these are the ones, like for yourself and myself, who, you know, put on shows and write on write plays and produce them and put them up, mount them so that people, so I really, there's a message that I really, really, really want to want you to see. And then I want you to see, enjoy it. And I want to show it to you. Um, <clears throat> But there's nothing um, wrong with people that do this as a hobby, or even if people think that it should only be a hobby, um, that's up to the individual, I think, because sometimes it's just a way of blowing off some steam, you know, maybe, maybe it is just, uh, I know, I, I know some people that will paint, but they won't, they will never show me any of their paintings because it's for them. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Like personal, exactly. Personal, yeah. Exactly. And then we have a lot of people mm -hmm. that are on like Instagram and <laughs> showing really nothing, exactly. <laughs> and they've got like millions of followers, right? So millions of followers on Instagram, and I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's I think art is is whatever 
you want it to be, right? And that's why educating, exposing people to maybe the classical arts is important so that you can say, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just about having a camera follow you doing selfies nowadays. That could be considered arts in some people's uh, views. But let's talk about Da Vinci. Let's talk about, um, you know, Picasso. Let's talk about, uh, you know, Hemingway. Let's talk about all these great artists, writers who have, you know, we're still looking at their literature and at their work and going, wow, <laughs> wow. It's still resonating with us, right? Exactly, exactly. What about um, people that kind of pursue that dream very stubbornly? Mm. Yeah, so I think um, I think that you have to lead your own path. You have to lead your own path, but I think it's always important to be aware of what's happening, right? Because if, if um, you know, you can decide in whatever profession, you can even be a doctor and pursue that and very stubbornly um, and step over toes and, you know, you know, get your parents into debt for school or whatever. So there's got to be some consciousness and some awareness. Um, I believe that if you feel with all your heart that you are following your dream to go ahead, but it doesn't mean that you don't have to work. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to have healthy habits. It doesn't mean that you don't have to have um, a healthy mindset to overcome this because you want longevity, right? You don't want to just, oh, I just want to be on one show and that's it. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's right. stubborn about it. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, that's true. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think it's uh, any any successful person will, will say that, you know, it, you know, bringing in habits um, that cultivate and enhance your gift and your talents, um, following, you know, I do, I'm involved in a lot of collaborative, collaborative uh, um, creation. So a lot of the plays that I write, it's, a, it's you know, that we've got three different writers, three different voices, and we're all, and just to being open to being vulnerable to getting criticism or going with someone else's idea or whatever, at the end of the day, it's about the project. It's about the vision, the full vision of it. So same thing. If, if you're stubborn and you want to go, um, you know, and follow your dreams, absolutely. But it doesn't mean that you're going to ignore everything else, right? Because everything else is also part of your journey. Yes, it sh- or it should be. And, oh, it and should be, yeah. just yeah, it shouldn't just get ignored. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really interested about the collaboration. I'm going to get back to that. Um, that okay. That's very interesting to me. Uh, I had this question from, from a listener, and I mm-hmm. thought it was a kind of a different take on this. So it's going to, we're going to kind of take a, a left turn here. But okay. the question is, is, I'm trying to word it a certain way, but it, it was basically some something along the lines of, those who, let's say, are in the arts and are trying to make it, whether it's uh, music, whether it's acting, etc., mm-hmm. and they're using other people for financial support, emotional support, that sort of thing, and there's a rift or a divide that that causes because, you know, they're chasing the dream, and it could be at the expense of a relationship, uh, relationships even within, you know, families, parents, romantic relationships, but mm-hmm. they're using that person. That person supports them as they're chasing the dream, and then everything kind of falls apart. 
Can that be avoided? I think <clears throat> I think it's it's it depends on the individual, uh, but I, I believe that the one thing that I think life has taught me is to be 100% honest, you know? Um, so if, for example, I decide in my marriage right now that I'm going to give up everything and move to LA and pursue acting, um, my husband has the 100% responsibility to say, uh, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think so. Now, it's right. not just his right. It's his responsibility, right? So in a relationship, there's two, right? So there's the person that is actively pursuing their career that, yes, okay, may have to um, rely on someone else for financial support, and you said emotional support, um, all that kind of stuff, but the other person has a right and a responsibility to say, this is as far as I can go. This is as much as I can do. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you want something done, you ask a busy person. So any artist out there that says, I only want to focus on my art, I, I, have, I have qualms about that because how can you only focus on your art? Art is life. Life is art. You need to go out there, interact. You need to go and find emotions. You need to go, uh, I don't know, get a job, a, a temp job that's going to allow you to have some responsibilities, make you get angry, make you get inspired, make you hate that much, that so much that you want to go back into your office and write or back into your studio and paint, you know? We need exposure to life. So um, boundaries are very important when you're in a relationship with an artist. Um, a, boundaries are very important when you're in a relationship with someone who is in finance, someone who's a lawyer, and their life revolves around working 15 hours a day. You would want to have that conversation and go, this is as much as I want, this is as much as I can give. So I think it's a responsibility of both parties to kind of say, what are we looking at here? And revise and revise, and revise, right? Because, I don't know, at first everything seems dandy and I'll give you all my money, no problem, you can live in my house, you can do this, you can that. Six months go by, goes by, you know what? I'm not, I don't have that much more money because you've spent it all. <laughs> we need to revise <laughs> the plan, right? <laughs> yeah, this plan needs revision, you spent all my money. Exactly. Oh, now what? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, it does. That makes a lot of sense. That sometimes yeah. that situation kind of creates itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and and for as many you know, uh, Bradley Coopers and Robert De Niro's out there, there's people mm -hmm. that we don't know. And That's you know, right. is you know, you have local people that do and play a very important role, whether it's you know teaching and acting. Um, and local types of uh, performance art, uh, displaying their art, you know, in, in studios and things on weekends, that fills a role that that um, it was is something that they were given this talent to express. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's this societal backlash on, well, you need to make money. And there are a lot of people that I know that are unfulfilled with chasing that 
reality of society saying, well, you need to get a job. And they're saying, well, the job didn't help me. The money didn't help me. I'm mm-hmm. still feeling empty. And we've talked about that on this program, yeah. obviously, before. Versus, mm-hmm. oh, I followed this dream, right? And maybe my life isn't the way people think it should be. And maybe mm-hmm. I don't have all the money in the world. and But I, I'm able to give back. I'm a counselor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a therapist. I'm, you're doing something. I'm teaching. And I'm mm-hmm. working a couple of side jobs. But I'm I'm obeying what I think my my drive is towards fulfillment. And I think that's Absolutely. where we, we lie here. So this this whole societal thing about we well, got to go chase the money, that doesn't really exactly solve your your needs internally and fulfill what you should be doing as far as giving up your gifts and talents. So I think it's a, it's a really interesting divide that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world needs those people. The world needs artists and writers and actors. Do you think the pendulum is going to swing back? You know, is it going to return to those areas that feed the soul? And will it return with a renewed importance? You know, as we're getting to, you know, more authentically express ourselves with social media, will more opportunities present themselves for aspiring actors and artists? You know, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, I remember um, 10 years ago, maybe when the whole reality TV show was like, it had just started, you know, the Big Brother and all of those series. And, you know, the acting community was like, oh, my God, we're going to be out of a job because they don't have to pay these guys and, uh, you know, we don't have to audition. And then um, a lot of people got very creative and they started, uh, you know, well, this, a lot of TV uh, film uh, actors went to did TV, then TV got very popular. Um, so it forced, for example, writers, TV writers to be more precise. Um, to be more witty, to be more uh, creative in what they wrote, because now they had to attract all these people from reality TV. So it pushed the quality of what we were getting on TV, right? Um, so I think that art is going to evolve, right? What we called art now, and what we called art 500 years ago, I mean, painted by, you know, <laughs> these great artists, uh, uh, Da Vinci and all that stuff, well, is different from what we consider art now. Um, and I do hope so. And I mean, I'm I'm happy and, and curious to see what that will mean. Um, there's so much digital um, information, and I know people, even artists now, are are painting their their stuff digitally. Um, uh, kids that are in film school learning how to make films. I mean, they can literally start making films when they're eight years old. And by the time they go and take a course at a university, I mean, they have films under their belt. Of course, on the, you know, on uh, iMovie and on their Macs, but nevertheless, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you wanted to write a book, you can have a, you can go and do it online, ebook, you can have a blog, you can express yourself. So, I mean, there's, there's more outlets, I think, different outlets and 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 i think art is evolving and i think also this idea of trying to make it is if you're an artist i think this is a very important question that one should ask um, oneself is what is it what do i mean by making it um is it 
making this much amount of money? Is it being on five te different television shows? Is it one television show? Is it one feature film? Or is it just um, actively working, whether it's bit roles, day players, whatever, whatever it is? What is it? You know, because we have so many people. I know so many actors that are constantly working. But you wouldn't know their names if I were to tell you because they are the, you know, the grocery store owner in that one, <laughs> in that one TV series or that kind of stuff. So you have to kind of define oh, what you. making it means to you. Um, and they're working and they're, they're, you know, these actors that I know, they're, they're, they're working, they're supporting their family. They have homes, they're homeowners, they go on vacation. They have probably the same stability that um, an accountant would have. Um, so you need to kind of refine what making it is for you. And like you said, maybe making it is giving back to the community. And that's how you know that you've really made it. Right? I like that you raised that, that, that question that, mm -hmm. that you would ask. I'm going to circle back to that because that was really interesting. And the, and the other parts of that where I kind of grabbed on was, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll I'll see that because I watch a lot of movies, a fair amount of movies, and mm -hmm. and different like movies on cable and things like that. I'd be like, oh, that that was the guy that was in the movie, you know, that I saw a couple <laughs> days ago. Like he's the typecast guy to be, you know, that guy. Like whether he's, you know, the owner of a hotel or he's the bad guy in the movies. And I'm like, wow, this guy made a lot of money because he's the bad guy in like 50 movies. You know, so like <laughs> right. you said that you wouldn't even know who these people are. They're just character people character yeah. actor type of, of guys and, and women that are playing certain roles. And like yeah. you said, they're constantly working because they're constantly yeah. in production with another project is if they're, they're the it person for that. Like they're, they're cast as that person. Then they, they've got a house, they go on vacations, they've got a great life mm -hmm. and, and they don't have the pressure of, of a headliner and, and no one even knows who they are. So that's, there, there are different roles depending on, on what you want to do. Like you said, mm -hmm. you know, what is it, what is making it look like, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is, what is it to you? Is it to do one big show and that's it? Mm -hmm. Is it to, to not even do TV, but to, to do Broadway? Is it, is it not even Broadway? Is it just, Hey, I want to do something, you know, locally and, and reach people with, with a message that inspires. Uh, there's so right. many different things that you can do with, with art and, uh, and to reach people, you know, that's what I think is the, the disconnect too, is it's, it wasn't about, you know, the money. It wasn't mm -hmm. about, it was about sharing that gift, you know, mm -hmm. for, for me, I know personally with some of what I do, it's, I never cared about that, that it was more about sharing poetry or sharing the written mm -hmm. word with, you know, the audience. And if that inspires and motivates and moves someone to go change their corner of the world, then I sleep better at night knowing that, and I keep following that, that prompting. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, right? What is the role of coaching or a life coach to a person who is, let's say maybe they're struggling with this, you know, they're struggling with following their dreams and, mm -hmm. and maybe with the reality of life with bills and other expenses and things that have come along that they maybe didn't anticipate and they're they're trying to balance this I feel compelled to do this but the reality of my life is this how do you think we as coaches can help people in that situation oh my god 
I think it would be, there's so many ways that we can help um, people. First of all, even just with the mindset of things, right? We know that a lot of the times we do not do things because we think we're not able to, or we think that we shouldn't, or we think that we can't. You know, and then when you talk to a coach like yourself or myself, we start to realize that, yes, yes, you can. Um, and it's funny because I sent a quote yesterday to um, my husband and I have been exchanging daily quotes. And the quote that I sent him yesterday was something along the lines of you don't have to do great things. You just have to do little. No, you don't have to do great things. You have to do um, things that are great every single day. You know, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, and I cannot remember who it was from, and I'll uh, I'll send it to you later. But it was one of those things where, you know, artists, we are our currency is, like you said, sharing our art, our work, inspiring, right? So that's our currency. It's not necessarily money. Um, of course, if we get paid, amazing. Um, but it's that's not necessarily what we're our reward for what we're doing. Um, so what happens is maybe even just explaining that to an artist, you know, this is why you're doing this. This is why you're compelled to share it because you have the satisfaction, the fulfillment from hearing people uh, feedback on it, sharing, inspiring, because you know that you have a message you want to, you know, um, share with the rest of the world. So mindset is so super important. The other thing that coaching um, will really help is to gain some sort of clarity about how to do things and what to do, right? So almost formulating a plan. Um, I find it that most, and I'll talk about my profession mostly, most actors, um, you say, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I'm an actor. Or what do you do? I'm an actor. Oh, cool. Have I seen you in anything? Um, no. And then you kind of start talking to them, you let your guard down, and basically they've just auditioning actors. So they're not working actors, they just go to auditions once a month. You're like, oh, but what else are you doing? How are you gained the title? How have you gained the title of an actor if all you're doing is auditioning? Right? So then it's kind of like, okay, so then, and then that's when a lot of us. Uh, you know, form theater groups and we do um, collective productions with other people and or we take dancing classes and then we meet more people. And then, you know, so it's almost having a strategy as to what to do to network within the community to see what else is out there. And you brought up a really good point at the very, very beginning about mentoring, you know, attaching yourself to someone that is in the industry that can help you. What has what has worked for that person? How can we, as a coach client, get us there? How do we talk to, how do we reach this person so this person can mentor you? You know, so those are some of the things that come to mind when it comes to coaching. I think coaching is super helpful in this case because it's basically about what do we do now, <laughs> right? Yes. What, what, what do I do now? And I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for saying I brought up a good point. A lot of people don't say that I do that on this show. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I brought up a good point. What a, what a revolutionary concept. Oh, goodness. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, insert self-deprecation here, right? <laughs> uh, You're but an it artist. Is. What can I say? Is really important. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
mentorship yeah. is huge. And there's even even some industries where I've had people on the show and they'll say, well, we don't have women in you know, certain positions in, within this industry because we don't have any mentors for them. And they don't feel maybe comfortable, you know, mentoring with someone from another gender. And I'm saying, wow, that's a big issue. And I started reading all these studies about different industries and the, the lack of mentorship even overall because, mm-hmm. you know, of the competition that's involved in some of these jobs. Mm-hmm. And I talked about it with other people within, you know, sales and say, mm-hmm. what is it about us where we should, you know, take that, competitive nature and kind of put it to the side and look at the overall good of Mm -hmm. how can I provide someone a leg up? And I know it's kind Mm -hmm. of a foreign concept, but, but it's an important one. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, some, some areas of, of industry, there aren't, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, enough mentorship opportunities, opportunities, excuse me, for people. uh, And, you know, asking the the question of like, what is a real job? You know, is mm-hmm. it that you're you're making a lot of money, but you're maybe hurting other people? You know, you think about some right. of the movies that have been made about certain industries, financial industry, and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Should money be the center of that? That's a great coaching question. Like, what's the value of money to you? Is it should money be the driving force, or should it be something else? You know, mm-hmm. using those gifts to to make the world a better place, uh, right. you know, bringing about and bringing people to the forefront that have different skills and talents that don't get an opportunity to show them, you know, uh, mm-hmm. watching my wife and I watch America's Got Talent. That's a great uh, example of that. You would have mm-hmm. never heard of some of these people never got the opportunity or let's say they tried and tried and tried and no one gave them the, the time of day. Right. Uh, and like I mentioned to, to one of my friends, you know, I was watching this, this show Songland, and that's what gave me the idea for this show. It was, nice. oh, my, my parents and everyone in my family was saying, well, why don't you go out and get a real job? Like, like this songwriting, this music thing is a joke. It's a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how hurtful that could have been to that person and how they could have said, you know what, I'm going to give all this up. And I'm going to go get a job in, you know, Manhattan doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And we would have never had that opportunity to know that person, their music, their talent, and and what it did to help other people, you know, because it's definitely resonated. So you think about some mm-hmm. artists even today, and actors today, they could have given up. I've read a lot of stories about, mm-hmm. you know, actors working all kinds of odd jobs to do things to make it happen. And, Think about if they had quit mm-hmm. and if they hadn't followed, you know, that dream. So we're at the end of our yeah. program, the common ground piece, and it does go by fast. How do we find common yeah. ground to help individuals, you know, to feel that they can follow their dreams and mm-hmm. positively impact society versus chasing or following money, following mm-hmm. what society says they should do? Uh, mm-hmm. And and use those, those unique skills and talents and utilize them, uh, so that that also that provides them fulfillment, but it also provides a valuable service to the rest of us in society. Like you said, you go to a musical, you come out, you feel great, you're ready mm-hmm. to, you know. I go to the movies sometimes. I come out of the movie, I have a million ideas of, <laughs> you know, creativity. So I was able to, you know, sit 
and, and, and not deal with stuff for a couple of hours. And it's inspired me to, to go create something myself in my own way. So how do we find common ground there? Well, I think that if you are thinking of becoming an artist or if you are an artist, um, the one of the most important things to do is to surround yourself with like-minded individuals um, that are in not only your industry, but are uh, positively affecting or positively impacting the world in a way that is true to you, right? So, and I'll give you a, an example, like if I want to be an artist, I've always wanted to be an actress, but I never necessarily wanted to be famous, right? There are some people, mm-hmm. some actors that are there and they want to be famous. So uh, that is a difference, right? So I, I never surrounded myself with people that would, um, you know, the, the whole networking thing and then going and partying, but that was never my scene because I knew that I've always been involved in uh, almost um, social issues like, uh, you know, um, uh, like immigration, newcomers, uh, homophobia, that kind of stuff. Those are those have been the things that have attracted okay. me to the art. Um, so, okay. yeah. So, yeah, surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals that um, view art in in almost the same way that you do, I think that's very important because it will allow you to grow. It will allow you to probably assess: Is this exactly what I want to be doing? Is it something like this? Um, or is this just a phase that I'm going through? Right? Um, and then you can start asking the other questions. Okay, so now that I know that I do want to be an actress, an actor, you know, reaching out to people like mentors, coaches, something that some people that can give you some clarity and some like strategies as to how to move forward. There's a lot of uh, really good uh, acting coaches, but acting coaches are more about the finessing the, 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 the acting itself, um, whereas this would be more about life strategy and planning or almost business planning, right? Because you're, you're your own business, really, when you're an actor. Um, and educating yourself about it. You know, um, I think it's important not just uh, not just exposing it to people that don't believe that art should be in the mainstream or art is a uh, is a beneficial thing to society, but also to yourself. Okay, so if you're interested in writing, what was it about the great poets and the great writers that made them who they were? What 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 are the kinds of things that you want to write about? So educate yourself about that, um, research and, and and do. But the most important thing is work. Doesn't matter. Work, 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 work. If you work, it will work. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that you're doing, it will work. As long as you keep doing stuff. Um, don't say no to opportunities. You know, kind of like an improv rule. Yes, and Okay, because you don't know what's going to happen next, who you're going to meet next. Um, so I don't know. Those are the things that kind of come to mind. The, those are all very helpful information, I think, for the, the audience for sure, especially aspiring artists or people mm-hmm. that are, are, have been in some for, form of uh, the arts, excuse me, and are, are looking to take those next steps. Uh, when I was doing some songwriting at one point, I, I reached out to a, a guy that I went to college with who's a musician. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, so what advice do you have for me? And he said exactly what you just did is like surround yourself with people that basically have the vision that you do. Because mm-hmm. of, cause I've explained before, like, I write 
poetry. I write lyrics. I don't have any music background. I can't read sheet music. I need a collaborator. I need mm-hmm. someone to help me put the words to music, and I need other people to help with different parts of the collaboration. And I was mm. trying to figure out and navigate that. He says, you got to find people that share that vision, like you said, that are like-minded, that understand you and what you're trying to do. Because for me, it was never, oh, we're going to go take this and be famous. It was, we're going to take this and, and reach people's lives and uh, providing them a way to worship God and to uh, understand, you know, and come to a different uh, level of understanding of their own faith and their own spirituality. It had nothing to do with you know, monetary gain. It was, it was the art. It was all about the inspiration uh, for people and what right. that might mean. And, and like you were saying, you know, expose yourself to the classical works of art, exposing mm-hmm. yourself to, you know, classical music, which has really gone off the wayside. I was talking to somebody who, you know, uh, was older. It wasn't even like they were, you know, a young person and had, had been mm-hmm. through college and everything um, about different classical artists. And he's like, well, who's that? Like I was mentioning like Bach and Beethoven and things. We were talking about different forms of music and yeah. you're like, Oh boy. So it, wow. it has yeah. uh, kind of been exactly. It's like a, like a wow moment for me. And yeah. it, you know, well, why would you listen to that? And I said, why wouldn't you, you know, like think of, yeah. of what it's going to, it's going to reach you in a very powerful way. If you open your mind to it, it's Absolutely. like anything else, so having an open mind. Uh so, Nadia, how can uh, people reach you, especially like you were saying, uh, different artists, different people that might be grappling with this situation? Mm-hmm. How can people reach you for uh, any type of advice, any type of, of coaching you provide or anything you want to mention at this point, too, about how, about your practice and what you have going on? Yeah. So I think the easiest uh, place to find me where I have all of my information, my cell number and my email address is, at, is on my website. Uh, which is ntcoachingsolutions.com. And that's probably the best way. Or you can just email me directly at Nadia, sorry, Nadia at ntcoachingsolutions.com. And I just want to say that just to add to the, what you were saying before that it's so important, not only to, um, to study and surround yourself so that you are, you, you, you can grow, but with the same like-minded people, sorry, but it's also almost a support group. So these are the people that th- there's going to be some days that are, you're down about your art and about, you know, what's going on. And it's so important to be able to have those people that are going to be like, it's okay, Nadia, it's one audition. You didn't really want to be, um, you know, cop number five anyway. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I'm more like cop number one anyway, right? So someone who can joke around, bring you to life, change your mind and just go have an ice cream gelato with a coffee and just be like, yeah, let's move on. What else are we working on? Um, and uh, this is where coaching can also be very helpful too. So um, because I have an, a, a background in, in art, I, I do gravitate to, to those people as well. And uh, even if you have any questions regarding anything, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. So please go to the website. Um, again, it's ntcoachingsolutions.com. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on again. And, oh, my pleasure. Uh, for the second time. And <laughs> thank you for, for your time and being such a prepared guest. And 
you know, the audience loves you, as you know, and, and I really appreciate you. So thank you so much for doing this, my friend. I, I really appreciate it a lot. Oh, you are very welcome, Frank. Anytime. You know it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for pinch hitting today. It's, it, and you did a, such a great job. It, it, was just, it was such a wonderful show. And, and, and thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Have a fantastic rest of the evening. <laughs> you too. So, Nadia Tenorio, coming back on the show. Uh, I've got to do a couple things here, and then I'm going to sign off uh, for the evening and tell you about our next program upcoming as we talk about the fall shows uh, here on Undivided. So, uh, Erica Weederlight, Mondays, twice a month. Our next show is Monday the 7th, so it's this coming Monday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. On the Life Coach Chat Channel, go to her site, wethelight.com. Money Magic. It's Money Magic. It's Gold Khan is the host Tuesday the 8th, Tuesday, October 8th, live at 4 p.m. Eastern, Life Coach Chat Channel. Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar, Wednesday the 9th, one week from tonight, live at 7 p.m. on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Audible.com is our sponsor. Any feedback on the show, please provide an undivided show at gmail.com or DM me at FMADURI on Twitter. And Catholic Charities can be reached at 800-919-9338, SamaritansPurse.org, 828-262-1980, Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104, or www.foodforthepoor.org. They still have the emergency kits you can send out to the people in the Caribbean hit by the storm. MAP International, 800-225-8550, or www.mapmap.org. And don't forget, Americans for the Arts, americansforthearts.org. Donate now on the left side of your screen to help people that are aspiring to be artists in your community and in the United States and throughout the Americas. So as Nani had said before, you know, let go of expectations. Uh, Leave it in the hands of God. Don't feel like you're, you know, betraying or, or rejecting or turning away people that might support you. Don't look at it as having luck. Look at it as, you know, what do you want to do? What is making it look like? Is it, you know, just being in the role to, as Nadia was saying, raise societal awareness of things? You can use your gifts and talents to do that. You could expose yourself to different classical works of art. Uh, You could take on responsibility for your own decisions, you know, and conquer that fear. And that process, if you will, is going to help you to do that internal work that we discussed, to do that internal self-evaluation that's needed uh, to not only be successful in, in art, but be successful in your own life, to not only be successful maybe in a career that you didn't think you'd have, but to then take that career and say, how can I evolve these gifts and skills and talents to reach people where I am in this moment? To be open and maybe doing some of that as a side thing, you know, maybe it is you, you are a weekend person that has to then, and that takes dedication too, as we discussed, being, you know, sensitive to those who are creative to be collaborative with others and to surround yourself with like-minded people. These are all ways that you will truly live undivided. So to find uh, my practice, head on over to frankjamadurycoaching.com or visit me on Facebook, frankjamadurypprofessionalcoaching.com. Amazon has my books, 
both of them, the poetry book and the reflections on the passion, the modern guide to the stations of the cross. Please check those out. I'd be greatly appreciative. My next show coming up is two weeks from tonight. It's episode 56, Living Your Faith at Work. And our special guest is Jennifer Baugh. Jennifer is the CEO of Young Catholic Professionals. So she's going to join us and talk about Living Your Faith at Work. That is Wednesday, October the 16th, episode 56 of Undivided. So I can't wait to have Jennifer on and to see you all then and to catch you on the airways. Until then, this has been episode 55 of Undivided. For Russ Terry, for Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts here on the Life Coach Radio Network, I'm your host, Frank Jamie Dury. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Nadia, for your help. Good night, and as always, be blessed and be well.